welcome back to the emergency goalies. And we said, you know, we'd wait till after the draft to see what went on. And well, a lot of stuff went on. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Debrinka got traded as expected to the, uh, for the seventh pick, which not exactly what we were hoping for, but I guess, you know, that's what we got, but um, obviously some other moves, Kirby Doc shipped out and then a whole bunch of draft picks brought in and a couple other people let go, Dylan Strom, uh, Borgstrom, uh, Kubalik, nothing that shocking. But I guess I'll just ask you, Michael, for an overview of just everything that's gone gone on. Well, you know, I guess obviously we should probably start with the Debrinket trade. Um, you know, like you said, it wasn't uh, the ideal uh, return that we were hoping for, but it was kind of the bare minimum that I would have accepted as, as a return for somebody like to bring it. So in some ways it at least cleared that bar seventh overall pick, uh, you know, there were, there were five guys that seemed to be, you know, the more consensus top of the draft guys. Um, and so getting in the seventh pick uh, made it a little difficult for me. I was, uh, my thinking was, okay, the Blackhawks had better f- think that there are seven guys worthy of you know that and it it seems that Davidson and the scouting staff are very sold on Kevin Korchinski who is the selection that they made Uh, he's not a guy that I am overly familiar with despite the fact that he plays in Seattle here where I live Uh, but he's a good skating defenseman with now uh, he's going to be he's six two. He's still filling into his frame. Offensively minded guy right now. Um, he's still got a long way to go defensively. Apparently, he sort of fits the mold of the you know the puck rushing defenseman that everybody wants and that the Blackhawks currently do not have in their pipeline. And so I'm I'm good with that. Uh, it he he does fill a need despite the fact that. Blackhawks have more defensive prospects than forward prospects, mm-hmm. but he he's a different kind of defenseman than what they, than what they have. So um, I will try and watch him a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, this year, um, assuming he returns to Seattle, which is what I would expect. The next selection that they got for Kirby doc, um, Frank Naz- uh, Nazar is a guy that I'm, uh, yeah. Sorry, to say um, the big thing I'm hearing with him is just he's very fast. Yeah, he's a guy that I am more familiar with. I did watch a little bit of the uh, U.S. Uh, development team, and he's a guy that does uh, stand out among that group. And uh, you know, his speed is certainly at the forefront of that. Um, but what I also like about him is he does not play on the perimeter. He drives the center lane, uh, controls the puck well, uh, does a really good job of protecting the puck, 
um, when he's got somebody draped on him. And so I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be able to play a top six role in the NHL. Um, you know, the difference between him and like a guy like Reichel right now, Reichel doesn't have the strength to hold off people. Um, he can skate well, he can make plays, but you get it. You, you, when you, uh, confine him to small areas, he generally loses all of his puck battles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nazar is going to be able to win those more often. So that's, that's, that's a good thing. Um, I, I, I question whether or not he's actually going to be a center. Um, he does play center right now. Um, he might end up on the wing, but, uh, but that's that not a concern for, for the yeah. time being. They need everybody they can get that. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, in in some ways, uh, there's a little bit of Patrick Sharp in it. Um, There's there's definitely some things that remind me of Patrick Sharp. So that's 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 a good thing. So definitely a little happier with the return we got for Kirby Doc. Um, You we didn't really talk about like moving him as being. Well, we mentioned that they could move everyone, but. Right. Are you surprised they moved on? A little. Um, we certainly started to hear some rumblings uh, even during the second half of the season. And then it almost it seemed like as soon as the season ended, you started hearing little things about like. Not, not enough effort. Not enough effort. Uh, you know, just work ethic you know, blah, 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 whatever. And so you, you wonder where those things are coming from. You know, it's people inside the organization, obviously. Getting ready to like kind of preparing. The- I, I think so. And so that was definitely something that I, I caught on to. It still surprised me a little bit that they were they were that committed to, to just basically moving everybody that they could. Um, you know, once the rumors started, I was a hundred percent sure that they were going to move him. But I, uh, once the, you know, prior to the rumors starting, I was, I was still a little surprised, but yeah. Um, again, you know, getting the, th- the 13th pick was kind of like the bare minimum I would have accepted, but uh, I think Nazar is, a guy that I would have even considered at, num- at picks number seven. So uh, they, they got real good value there, I think. So that uh, was uh, successful in my mind. The other first round draft pick that they made Sam Renzel. I, I know I, I haven't seen him um, Minnesota high school guy. So not, not somebody that I had eyes on at all, yeah. um, but another, 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 Big, good skating defenseman um, projects as a puck carrier, but uh, apparently very, very, very raw. So my guess is he's probably going to spend a few years in college and then maybe even a year or two in the AHL after that. So uh, more of a long-term project, but um, they obviously have uh, a lot of faith in his upside since they traded up to get him. So, yes. uh, then, uh, you know, they handed, they grabbed a handful of forwards after that, um, speed and tenacity are kind of
kind of the two, the two things um, that they seem to be going for. Uh, Paul Ludwinski, Ludwinski uh, skates well, kind of a pain to play against. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much offense he's going to bring. He seems like more like a third line center to me. Uh, the uh, Ryan Green pick is the other second rounder that they had. Uh, I think he's got maybe a little more offense to him. Um, I'm kind of curious just to, to, to see him develop a little bit. So, and then they also had the top pick in the third round and Gavin Hayes is a, a another guy that um, doesn't have the speed that the other guys have, but he's a tough kid and a little more into the power forward mold. Um, and so those are the two things that they seem to be going for is speed and, um, you know, people that are going to win puck battles and win uh, fights down low or not fights, you know, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, win battles down low. And so moving on from the draft, um, that's kind of what we saw when free agency opened as well. I was going to say, um, my mm-hmm. observation was this was uh, like, if you told me four years ago they signed these two guys, that'd have been, ooh, that's nice. And now after the four years have passed, I'm like, oh, okay. These yeah, guys- I mean, four years ago they were essentially like what Kirby Doc is right now. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they would have been in their early 20s. They had shown uh, some upside and were high draft picks. And um, but at the same time, uh, I it reminds me a lot of the Matthias Janmark mm-hmm. uh, signing from a few years ago, a couple of years ago, uh, where, you know, both of these guys have kind of settled in as third line players in the NHL um, after having gotten top six minutes previously. And my guess is, you know, it's just one of those mutually beneficial things. Hey, we're going to give you top six minutes. If you, you score goals and stuff, we'll trade you. That. We'll trade you. And it's going to be, you know, beneficial for both sides. And so, yeah, I mean, Anthony Sioux is still one of the best skating forwards in the NHL. He's blazing fast. And so that's going to add an element to the Hawks that, I mean, we've talked about it over and over and over on this podcast of how soft and slow the Blackhawks have been the last couple of years. Yep. Anthony Sioux at least helps address one of those. Uh, Domi, I, you know, his skating's nothing fantastic, but he, he certainly doesn't slow the, the Blackhawks down any, but he does bring a little bit of an edge, uh, yes. maybe even slightly on the crazy side <laughs> on occasion. Yeah. Um, I mean, for but, older fans, you know his dad, so. Right, right. Yes, his dad was obviously one of the uh, heavyweights in NHL history. Uh, and, you know, Domi, uh, Max Domi's, uh, you know, a bit more of a scorer, but does bring that edge a little bit. And so, yeah, I mean, my guess is both of these guys are going to end up in that 15 to 20 goal range. One of them is going to, well, they might even rotate a little bit. Um, you know, at least one of these guys is going to be playing with Patrick Kane. Um, so that's going to help, <laughs> I'm sure. And so, yeah, I don't mind either of those signings at all. Uh, They should be able to flip both of them. Uh, And then the other uh, 
decent size signing that they made was Colin Blackwell, who again fits the the uh, tough to play against role. Uh, not not blazing fast, but he skates all out all the time. He's just a high energy guy um, who has shown flashes of maybe having a little bit of offense. In some ways, he he's a little bit like uh, Sam Lafferty. Okay, uh, Lafferty skates a little better, um, but you know we see the occasional flashes of Lafferty being able to get into scoring position, but you know, struggling to finish or whatever. Blackwell's a little bit the same way. So we'll see. I I don't mind that signing at all. They did sign him for two years, so they don't necessarily even have to flip him uh, this year. Um, uh, He seems more like a guy that they're going to use to kind of fill out the lineup a little bit. He brings a little bit of versatility as both a center and a wing. So uh, that's that's going to be valuable as they look to trade everybody else. I'm <laughs> just having somebody who can fill whatever role they need him to. So, yeah, um, obviously, um, I think you're probably sounds like you're leaning towards that. You think um, it's going to be the trade deadline for Taves and Kane. You know, I expected Patrick Kane to maybe get moved before the season, but that does not seem to be what the buzz is right now, um, which I, I mean, doesn't really shock me, but uh, he was the one guy that I thought with his contract, you could actually move him before the season, but, you know, I mean, we've talked about it. He wants to, I, I think in the back of his mind, he still wants to retire a Blackhawk. And so I think he kind of wants to see, what the young how kids bad. that they have, how bad are they going to be? Does he see any hope for, you know, is it three years or is it going to be five years? I wonder if he even thinks, Hey, maybe I even just stick around through the lottery and see yeah. if we get Connor Bedard sort of thing, or, you know, cause that, that's sort of the sort of thing that uh, might motivate him to stick around, but we'll see. Um, you know, it, it's the same agent for Dave's and Kane and Seth Jones. Those guys control everything on how that's going to all play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just going to have to wait and see until the deadline, it sounds like. And my guess is Taves will want to move at the deadline, um, given that I'm not sure that the Blackhawks are going to be overly aggressive in trying to re-sign him unless he really bounces back this year. Um, But, you know, obviously Seth Jones is going to be here for a while. Um, I guess there's an outside possibility if he asks out that they could move him. Um, But I think it's unlikely. He's got, he's, He's got, got a lot of uh, money front loaded into that contract. So like his salary, I think for the next couple of years is like $12 million or something. So I, I would, I would struggle to see any team yeah. willing to, to kind of take that on, but maybe in a couple of years, if the Blackhawks are still in the midst of, you know, of, of uh, long and unsuccessful rebuild, you know, maybe he would uh, then look to wave, but you know, in the meantime, they also brought back his brother. Yep. So he's got that to look to, to kind of keep him happy, I guess, too. So 
Um, and then, yeah, the only other restricted free agent that they brought back was, uh, oh, geez, now I'm drawing a blank. Oh, um, uh, Kurashev. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was just Jones and Kurashev were the only two. Everybody else they let walk, um, which uh, doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, I, Kubelik and Strom are both going to sign elsewhere. Yep. They're actually, both- Strom, um- Signed with the Capitals today. Oh, did he? Uh, I didn't even see what the contract yeah, for, was um, on that. One year, three point two five. Yeah. Okay. So oh, yeah. So both of them five. ended up signing for about a million under what their um, qualifying offer would have been. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. And um, you know, because that that's both of them are making less this year than they did last year. Let alone what mm-hmm. they were going to be making on the qualifying offer and. That uh, <clears throat> speaks to why the Blackhawks had trouble trading both of those guys because their salaries outstripped what their value was. And the Blackhawks did not have much wiggle room as far as their um, ability to retain uh, salary last year because they were still uh, eating part of uh, Olimata and somebody else. I can't remember. Um, but this year they've got all three of their retention slots open. My guess is they want to keep two of them reserved to accommodate Taves and Kane. Should they want to, uh, should those guys ask out? Yeah. Um, and so that would leave them with only one other salary that they could retain. And so if you bring back, you know, a Strom and a Kubelik, yeah, you lose them. knowing that they're overpaid. You the only way you could move them would be to retain them, retain salary, and with only one spot to do it, you just you hand you handcuff yourself. So, I get it. I get it. So, yeah, and we we kind of talked about it before a few episodes about yeah, just with Strom especially, just the whole thought process. So, yeah, yeah, he's a he's soft and slow, and you know that's not something that's highly desirable by. Uh, contending teams you know he's uh, you know he got signed he's 25 years old and yeah he scores a lot of points but he signed a one-year deal uh, because you know he's basically a a roster filler until you find somebody better um i've talked we've talked about that many times you know he's he's fine but once you kind of are ready to take that next step he's the guy that you look to upgrade not the guy that you look to keep yeah. And I think that's where we're seeing that play out. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a terrible, terrible, terrible team. Oh, yeah. Um, talk about the the depth charts and stuff. I won't even talk about like um, I saw several articles. Look at the uh, Blackhawks for the coming season depth chart. I won't even click on them. Uh, I know you know, I, I will say it's not like they're going to be running out AHL talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they can actually fill out a forward group now and a defensive group with people that, you know, at worst are fourth line or at least have the potential to be fourth liners. I mean, you know, you got guys like Mackenzie Entwistle, uh, you know, he wasn't exactly great last year, but mm-hmm. you would think that maybe he can maybe take a step up and actually become a good fourth liner this year. Yeah. We'll see. Um, you know, and so I, in, in that regard, it's not like it's a complete and utter joke, but at the same time, 
there is very little top six talent. Mm-hmm. They have little defensive depth, or I should say little proven defensive depth. They do have a lot of young defensemen that they are going to be rotating in and out. Um, my guess is we'll see a lot more of Ian Mitchell this year than we did last year. Um, but him and I would say him and Alec Regula, uh, Alec Regula are uh, the two right-handed defensemen that are going to kind of share roles. I mean, they might even rotate between the AHL and the NHL this year. And then uh, on the left side, my guess is we'll see a little bit of Lassick. We'll see a little bit of uh, that Philip Roos guy, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I don't know how ready he's going to be for the NHL. But you know, we might also see some of uh, Galvis or Baudin or Isaac Phillips again. Certainly, I think we'll, he'll get a t- another look. But yeah, so they'll, they'll, they'll rotate those type of guys in. And at least for the time being, it seems like Jones, McCabe, Stillman, Murphy, and... Uh, Caleb Jones are all going to be around. So that, you know, that's at least NHL experienced NHL uh, defenders where I think they're going to really struggle is in net. Um, Peter Morazic is a guy that has NHL talent. He's played well many years in the NHL, but he was, suffering from hip issues last year and he was just atrocious. And so not only is his ability, you know, current ability in question, but his current health is also in question. So, you know, is he actually going to be capable of playing 40, 50 games? And their current backup right now is Alex Stalock, who uh, missed two years ago uh, due to complications from COVID. Uh, He developed a heart condition came back last year and wasn't even good in the AHL. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an obvious huge question mark. So you got two guys coming off. Yeah, you had that seasons. Um, thread on Twitter about how horrible he was last year. Yeah. I mean, I, he only played one NHL game and then I think he played like 15 AHL games and uh, his save percentage was like 87 or something like that. So I, We'll see. Uh, my guess is one or both of them ends up getting hurt or playing so poorly that you know they have to consider bringing somebody up from the minors. But um, it it does sound like the Blackhawks are more interested in being a competitive AHL team next year. I don't think we're going to see Arvid Soderblom play in the NHL all that much. I think they want him to be the starting goalie in the AHL and play a full season, you know, maybe he comes up for a few games here or there if somebody gets hurt, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if they brought up uh, Jackson Stauber, who's their other, their backup goalie for the AHL. Um, he might actually get more time in the NHL than, than Soderblom. And I think the same kind of goes for Reichel. Um, you know, Reichel got a little bit of a taste last year and wasn't ready and he might not be ready again this year. He, he needs to add a lot of strength. And so my guess is he spends at least the first half of the year in the minors. And then maybe at the deadline, if, if like Taves is traded, then they could maybe bring up Reichel and let him play a little bit of center, but they want their AHL team to be competitive and play deep into the playoffs. So 
even if Reichel ends up spending the second half in the NHL, my guess is they will send him back to the AHL at the end of the season before the deadline for the AHL playoff rosters are set. And so that he can be their first line center down there. And, you know, they brought in uh, three or four um, good AHL players. Uh, Dylan Sakura is obviously the one guy that uh, Blackhawks fans would probably be familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, Brought him back um, along with uh, Luke Phillip and Brent Senny. Another uh, AHL contract that they signed was uh, 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 Adam Clendenning. So, you know, they're, they're bringing in these veteran, you know, they, you know, I say veteran, they're mid twenties guys. Uh, Clendenning, I guess. Is AHL veteran. Yeah. AHL veteran guys. You know, they're all going to score 15, 20 goals. Sakura is probably going to score 30 goals or whatever. And uh, the Blackhawks want that team to go deep into the playoffs. So that's uh, seems to be as much of their focus, <laughs> more of their focus than the NHL team. One exciting thing to cheer for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know, um, you know, for any of the fans in the, in the uh, Chicago area, the, the trek out to Rockford is not uh, that far. Um, I know, you know, when I was living back there uh, in the pre Taves Kane era, uh, I would go to more Rockford games than I did go to uh, Chicago games. And, you know, I got to see a lot of uh, Christopher Stieg and, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that group of guys, uh, you know, Troy Brower, Dave Boland, yeah. you know, that, 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 that group that became the, all the secondary pieces on that roster, uh, you know, on the championship rosters, they played, you know, like two seasons together down in the AHL and they were a lot of fun to watch. And yeah. I think that's, that's sort of what the Blackhawks well, are going to try to, gr- yeah. to grow. Hopefully we'll see that with this group of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately they're still a little shy on, you know, forward prospects that are going to be playing the AHL. That's why they had to sign so many AHL veterans. Yeah. Um, you know, their, their defense in, in Rockford is at least uh, going to have five or six actual prospects. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, I mean, they've got Colton Dock and Reichel are basically the only two like, actual NHL prospects that are going to be well, like hopefully uh, this year's draft those guys start to filter in eventually so yeah you know maybe at the end of the year you see one or two of them maybe Korchinski comes in um I, I want to say a couple of these guys are going to college though I mean Nazer's going to college so he's not going to be AHL eligible um so yeah, I'm not I'm not real sure how much help they'll actually get at the end of the year, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's this is going to be a very long process. Even if they end up getting Connor Bedard next year, it's still going to be a while. It's still going to be a long process. Um, they need a lot. <laughs> I mean, they they've teared, they they've torn this down to the studs, essentially. Um, other than Taves and Kane and Jones, uh, everything else has basically been moved. And well, and uh, unless uh, Kane or Taves gets traded, I think we might um, 
doing another little break until, you know, training camp starts. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we can kind of hold off until, you know, kind of do a season preview coming up. Uh, you know, unless, unless something else happens, like you said, I guess the other thing we should mention is, Hey, we've got a new coach too. That's right. I don't think we addressed this in I a previous we, episode. Did I thought we? we did. Did we? Oh, okay. All we right. did last so, week. Yeah. So I think we did. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So then, yeah, you're right. You're right. We did talk about Luke Richardson, um, but we also did uh, retain Derek King. They did. <laughs> for better or worse. Um, I think we actually did talk about this as a possibility uh, at the end of the year where we thought maybe that they would bring King back to be the AHL coach, but he's yeah, now he's an assistant coach, which is fine. I, yeah. I know a lot of fans are going to hate that particular move, but uh, King seems to have a lot of respect from the front office and the team didn't quit on him last year. And so that, yeah. that, that bodes well for his being able to at least connect with uh, some of the veteran guys. Exactly. So, I've got no issue with it. Yep. We'll see. Right. I mean, he's got he's got almost as much uh, coaching experience as Luke Richardson does. So. Well, yeah, I was say it's not like <laughs> the new coach has any experience. So yeah. But um, yep. So anyway, um, you were on Twitter, uh, MJ underscore Ernst. Yep, and I am STH eighty five, and yep. Well, we're just gonna have to, you know, endure some tough times and. We're heading into the long dark, man. Yep. But anyway, no matter what, we'll be here and go Hawks.